I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts, the podcast where nothing is off limits. Nothing, Madden. So this is where we really go into it. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, before we got into, before we left part uh, one, I was talking about my mushroom experience, which I'm going to explain to you. I do, however, before I do that, want to touch on antibi- antibiotics and uh, that area and understanding where things are going to go with this. And I mean, you can explain more in this sort of How important is fungi to medicine? Oh, well, enormously important. A lot of the... Um a lot of major transitions in the history of modern and indeed ancient medicine have come through chemicals that fungi produce. Penicillin, mm. as you suggest, is um, a, a very famous example of that, where the first modern antibiotic was a fungal compound, a com- uh, compound produced by a fungus to help it fight off bacterial infections, and which humans can then repurpose and use in their bodies to help fight off bacterial infections. Um, so we're kind of rehousing a fungal drug, a fungal solution within mm. our own bodies, uh, and that has enormously powerful effects and shaped um, the lives of many of us. In fact, many of us, of course, would not be here um, through various cause and effect chains were it not for these discoveries. So fungi are metabolically ingenious, as I mentioned, and um, part of that ingenuity is producing chemicals that, that prove useful to humans. And there's a very, very long list of chemicals used in, in, in um, medical situations which have a fungal origin. God, that's fascinating. That, that leads me to something I'm quite interested in at the minute is like, you know, taking the study of mushrooms from like a scholarly thing into kind of real world um, applications and what what's kind of happening in, in those fields at the minute. Because as I understand, there's a particular type of fungi that can negate uh, waste and, and all these types of things. So I'm just really fascinated to know more about how they, can, how, they waste. Can, how they can potentially save I'm desperate to this tea boss story. Okay, I'll tell you the tea boss. Okay, fine. All right, <laughs> here we on, go. Going on okay, <laughs> well, here we go. So when I was about 19 years old, I went to um, I went to my friend's house and it was a wonderful house with all our friends and there were these things on the table which now I know were mushrooms um, but didn't know that at the time and I well there were mushrooms on the table that didn't look like mushrooms or they did look like mushrooms but I just I'm pretty sure you knew what you were doing I don't know I I I don't think I don't think I really knew what I was doing but I ate mushrooms Uh, and and my friends were doing at the time I thought okay fine what I don't even know what these are. And I then went walking home afterwards and my girlfriend at the time, I was about 19 years old, she was being this sort of fairy in front of me saying, oh, I'm a fairy. And I was like, okay, whatever. I got home and I started watching rugby league. I've never watched rugby league in my life, but it was Warwick versus St. Helens. Such a bizarre thing to watch. Yeah, <laughs> it was so weird. And I started watching this thing and then uh, the game finished and I got up and I turned the TV off, went turn off. The TV was already off. I was like, what? And I looked at myself and I was a puppet on strings <laughs> in the mirror. And from that moment on, it was all hell. It was, I can't explain to you what happened to my whole mind. But for the next six to seven hours, I just experienced this whole experience of just 
I didn't feel like I existed. And I don't know how that that is a pleasurable experience for individuals. What is your take on psychedelics? Um, well, so to talk about the experience, like when people take psychedelics um, and have been doing, as I say, for a very long time, uh, and when people take psychedelics today in a um, in a cultural context where there is some history of using them um, as medicines, uh, as ways to um, help ourselves heal or mm. help ourselves learn new things uh, um, or come to terms with ourselves in deeper and more expanded ways, um, then there's often a sense in which these experiences um, where we accept that they could be hard and challenging. And indeed, that's part of the reason why one would take them. Um, and don't just go into the experience looking for some good time. And so this, this yes. language of good ship, bad ship is, is, is very much emerges out of a kind of hedonistic um, party um, aspect. Um, but if you were, I imagine, in, a, in a, maybe a safer container or it had a container at all around you in that, in that experience uh, and someone um, or more than one person more experienced who could help support you and guide you, then those, those big questions um, might have left you. It, yeah. Not as well. When was the first time you took psychedelics? Um, do you remember in 2004 and 2005 when, when fresh magic mushrooms were legal? When there was a loophole that was done. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, in, in Camden. Yeah, in Camden and Portobello Road. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge numbers were shifted. There was the, the Camden Mushroom Company, which was just one of those companies. It was selling at the peak of that period, that boom. Um, was selling about 25,000 trips a week. What? And so who were all these people? And that was <laughs> Yeah, who were all these people? <laughs> <laughs> so is that when you first took it? Yeah. And what was your experience with it? Well, I had various different experiences, but um, some were hilarious and some were... Um, confusing some are really beautiful um but in general i became more deeply acquainted with my mind um and in general had a sense in which the mind in which i spend most of my living days in is just a very small part of my mind it's not it often feels like oh this is the my mind the big the, the size and shape of my mind my daily mind but actually that that was revealed to be just quite a small part of it and, and maybe like the garden yeah, but how, the but lawn how, of my mm. mind and there's a fence at the, at the bottom of the garden with a gate and you go out of the gate into a forest and out of the forest into a sea you know that's a great analogy mm. but but how do you know that how, how do you know that the, the mind that you're experiencing right now in everyday life is just the lawn how do you how do you know that actually having those psychedelic experience opens up that thing or it's just your your imagination well if it's my imagination it's still part of my mind um so it's yeah not to say that the you know, the visions that I would be having in my psychedelic experiences are or aren't real, um, but more that whatever's happening in my psychedelic experience is definitely part of my mind, because what else could it be? Mm. Okay. I mean, it could be someone else's mind. No, it could be someone else's weird. mind. No, yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. Okay, but okay, let's get into this whole thing of psychedelics and understanding the sort of situations behind it, what people think. Why is there such a... Um, why is there firstly such a negative... Uh, connotations towards psychedelics and that's I understand why we've been that's what's been driven into us right um, by individuals and stuff like that and why if they do in your experience um, expand our minds in a positive way why are we not allowing other individuals to experience that as well so um, well I think things are starting to change right now and that's obviously a big um, new awakening of interest a reawakening of interest in psychedelics mm. um, but maybe a simple answer to your to the question would be that they are um, they can change our minds. They can change the ways that we choose to live our lives, um, the ways that we choose to um, build our relationship with others and with systems of authority, in ways that can be worrying for systems of authority. 
And um, so when psychedelics were illegalized in the late 60s, and driving a lot of research underground and actually forbidding a lot of research into the, the really medicinal value of these uh, compounds. Um, it, was a, it was a kind of statement of, um, well, these, these things are more dangerous than they are helpful. Mm. Um, and I think what we're seeing now is, is a, a changing of that tide where it seems that actually, um, with all the provisions, you know, that they have to use in safe circumstances, and whatever, um, they aren't good for everyone's mind, um, etc. I'm not um, advocating that everyone takes psychedelics, but um, that then on balance, they are more helpful than harmful if set up in the right way. So, so you're, you're suggesting that in the 60s, when, as you said, there was this tide that changed it, you're saying that people, uh, the, the people in charge, in a sense, decided that actually it was more dangerous because people were becoming more self-aware of situations. They, they wouldn't fall within. They wouldn't fall within. Not... So but, but, <coughs> would some suggest that's a conspiracy theory? Well, I mean, I think you just need to look at the videos of Richard Nixon declaring war on drugs as yeah. public enemy number one. You know, these are very well um, poured over these videos. I, there's nothing conspiracy about that yeah. in, in the sense that um, it, it's, it's an outward uh, declaration of war on some chemicals. And that, first of all, seems like a kind of category mistake. Um, and, and then you think about all the ways that the so-called war on drugs has caused uh, un, uh, immeasurable suffering. Um, and death uh, and enrichment of all sorts of problematic factions and mm. um, generally done far more harm than these on the whole um, fairly, I mean, most psychedelic compounds, it, they're not going to kill you if you take too much of them. You know, you might have a, a very challenging um, psycho-spiritual experience, but um, you would have to take thousands of times more mushrooms than you need for a trip to, to actually overdose on. Um, so. So yeah, I, so I don't think it's particularly conspiracy. Theory, no. So 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 when 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 an individual takes um, a psychedelic, what happens to the mind? What what have we seen in, from data and experiments? Because these been there has been done in you know hundreds of thousands of times, millions of times probably in controlled situations. What do what do we see happen to the mind? So first of all, what's being actually watched, looked at, is the brain. Mm. Um, it's important to think about these distinctions. Um, so it's usually brain scanning equipment, um, which looks at blood flow in the brain or um, equipment which looks at the waves of electromagnetic activity in and over the brain. Um, and so, so what we're seeing is, I say, what we think of as a correlation of what's going on in our mind, because you're not actually looking into someone's mind because that's a whole subjective experience. I mean, yeah. This is an objective process. So we're looking at what is assumed to be a correlation um, of the mind in the brain. Um, so it's actually quite hard to make sense of these in often in terms of what people are actually experiencing. And you might think of these brain scans as maybe more descriptions of, of, of the psychedelic experience and explanations of them. Mm. Um, but all this said, um, some of the stories that are starting to come out of these studies are that um, psychedelics can help loosen these tight um, patterns of thought or, or um, calcified pathways, deep grooves of mental habits that right. keep us locked into um, ways of thinking, um, like a kind of rigid pe pessimism, for example, that might contribute to depression, mm. um, or an inability to step out of a certain kind of a negative association that might arise out of some traumatic situation, and loosen these, um, these pathways and allow new cerebral possibilities and connections to, to explode. Um, and open new states of, of mental plasticity. Um, and that can be very helpful for many people. 
um, with, say, problems like addiction or uh, depression or, or trauma, but can also be very helpful for people without uh, a, you know, a, a registered um, problem of that sort. Do, do you do you think uh, I uh, a friend of mine introduced me to the works of Amanda Fielding? Do you know Amanda Fielding? Mm-hmm. Who and Amanda Fielding? Correct me if I'm wrong. She was um, she she's a huge advocate for the legalization of of drugs, uh, psychedelics in particular. Mm. And she actually did something which is called tripanning, right? Which is where I mean, you can probably explain it better. Is where you it, it's an Aztec. Uh, they 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 are they found it was done in Aztec time where they, you would drill a hole into your skull and that would then allow the flow of oxygen going into your brain that would give you this sort of euphoric experience and what she believes is actually this hole has been covered up due to evolution which shouldn't be covered up have I explained that terribly wrong or is that right I think there are lots of different stories about Japaning but but yeah I mean the, the, the short of it is that it's making a hole in the skull um to achieve some kind of a state of experience that one wouldn't have without the hole in the skull. Mm. Uh, I haven't tried it myself. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Should we do it on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but but my point is is that um, what what it seems like we're trying to do is you're sort of saying is we're trying to get ourselves back to sort of that uh, state where we're, we're not aligned, which we've been told aligned to actually like expand our minds and do different things. And uh, what Amanda Fielding said in her lecture is that the uh, what has happened for her is that her anxieties have disappeared her sense of mood is lifted and actually what people seem to suggest who are into psychedelics is that you're you can conquer things like depression anxiety um trauma as you said ptsd whatever it may be um and people now are starting to use that more you know we hear people using microdosing with mushrooms Mm. what are your thoughts on that um well it seems to help many people and that seems to be a entirely positive thing I'm sure people also have um, problems with it for various reasons, but um, you know, if it's helpful, then great. Yeah, that's that's true. I, but- I wonder whether the because obviously there's been so much stigma around it, but I think so many people were discovering the the uses of it and how it can help. I wonder if like the big commercial entities have kind of realised and gone right. We can actually make loads of money out of this, so they're kind of the ones now leading the the charge with it and putting all the money into oh, the research. They have. Yeah, and I mean, there's a huge commercialization of psychedelics going on right now. Massive and rapid, mm. and a lot of questions about how this could happen in a good way. How can this happen in a way which is fair and acknowledges the wisdom of many traditional societies who have kept these um, relationships with plants and fungi alive all this time, mm. uh, often in the face of great violence and oppression? Um, how can these systems be set up in a way which really prioritizes the um, the curing process and the, the patient rather than the and profit yeah. motives of the company supplying these cure. and there's and there's very real questions and discussions to be had about all of these points and a lot of um opportunity for messing it up it, do, it does worry me that we'll do what we do with everything mm. in the west and but, but things always bugger it up but mm. things always be seen to be a cyclical right this this sort of this uh, things always seem to happen in whether it's music or fashion or art whatever it is seems to happen in cyclicals seems what we're doing now is going in that cyclical um, motion where we're now coming back around to saying right we can all take psychedelics and, and fungi and, and that can actually heal us perhaps what's going to happen though is we're going to then go against that at some point again maybe I hope not but it might be that the cat's now just too far out of the bag um, mm. and so it was actually very difficult to put it back in again to stuff it back in and that's what happened when these things were made illegal in the, the late 60s early 70s is that um, as if that would make it go away it you know, definitely didn't make it go away 
um, the psychedelic phenomena and knowledge of these psychedelic um, experiences. Well, what is the difference between taking something like a natural fungi or taking something like um, an acid or something well, like, like LSD. that? LSD. Well, um, when you're taking, a, say, a, a, a psilocybin-containing mushroom, you're being influenced by a whole host of, of chemicals. Um, psilocybin is one of those. And, um, and so the experience will be somewhat different than if you just had pure psilocybin injected. Um, what is psilocybin, by the way, just for our listeners? So psilocybin is the main active ingredient in, in psychedelic mushrooms, mm -hmm. which is related to a chemical called psilocin. It's transferred into psilocin when it enters your body, and that's what actually goes into your, slips into your brain and nervous system. But um, there are other chemicals too, not just psilocybin or psilocin. And um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a big question in, 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 in medicine in general. You know, do you just have one, do you ex extract one chemical from its living source where it's surrounded by chemical aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters? Uh, or do you use whole plants, whole organisms in preparations and extracts to treat people? And, um, and there are situations where it's much easier to supply a simple, single chemical because it's easier to produce, mass produce in, mm. in factories. But there are many situations where we might be missing something by not... Um, providing people with a whole the full, um, spectrum. full spectrum yeah okay you, you did a an lsd experiment in in a hospital i think i heard this on on the russell brand podcast when you went on and i just found it quite interesting you were talking about how they try to sort of like thinly veil the quite like sterile environment of a hospital with some drapes oh they were being stuff. great i mean they had wait wait okay what happened so what can you explain <laughs> it was it was it wonderful it was a, a clinical study into lsd and it was um asking not only how lsd passes through your body and, and, and is metabolized and, and what that curve might look like time curve but also um it recruited scientists and mathematicians and engineers um to see what would happen to the problem solving ability of scientists mathematicians and engineers when right. they were on lsd um could they help solve could this help them solve problems mm. but i signed up to it because i saw um there was a poster in the tea room in my department at university and it said do you have a meaningful problem that needs solving no is that what do, it was do you want some acid yeah. I, I, I thought yeah you know, I, just, I definitely I plenty and so I, call, I, call <laughs> I the have loads <laughs> I, the number. I, I now think this is very I mean it was some sweet sweet naive behavior like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Else would you do that I don't know if I'd do that today but um I did it then and I'm grateful that I did because it was this LSD study and um so then I was in the hospital being given LSD and the researchers were um you know, they had to be really considerate because it's not, you know, lying around in a hospital bed in a hospital ward room is not the place that you first choose to be when you're having a psychedelic experience. Yeah. Um, and so they, they hung hangings on the walls, and there was mood music and mood lights. And I was enormously grateful for all of these efforts to declinicalize the setting. But it was quite funny at some points during my trip to see this thin veneer on top of what was still clearly a hospital room. Um, and it filled me with affection for the researchers and also you know amusement at this whole process which was um which was quite funny because the techniques of modern science which are all about objectifying mm. looking at things from the outside were being turned on what was inherently a subjective experience something which was experienced from my inside and so when these experiences had to be quantified in the form of questionnaires like how do you rate your infinity on a scale of how do, what, rate your sense of infinity on a scale of one to ten what did you rate <laughs> I, I just I burst into laughter. I, I couldn't handle the question. They must have could you not? Could you not? <laughs> I could feel the scientific procedure groaning yeah. under what seemed to be an impossible task. It's such a juxtaposition that question. It's like what other questions were there that you were just like? Oh, what? Um, how do you? Uh, oh, what were they? They were great questions. Um, how do you rate the uh, 
Oh, gosh. I can't even remember them now. But it's wild. Try, really. Trying to put infinity on a scale of one to ten. Oh, yeah, that's, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's actually infinite. Um, <laughs> but but, but uh, what did they get out of the, the Yeah, what was the, the, test? Out, what what was was the, the outcome? outcome? Did, were you able to problem solve? Well, Better I mean, I, yeah, I had a great time thinking about my my work-related problems. What's interesting about that experiment, I suppose, is it's probably, unless you're, um, unless you're really wanting to do that yourself, you probably wouldn't have found another situation where you would sort of laser focus yourself into what they needed. Yeah, I mean, but it'll also just be looked after. No, just, yes. No, whatever. So I want some water. Someone would bring me some water. And I felt like a, I felt spoiled, to be honest. <laughs> and hanging around, being given government government produced LSD, being waited on hand and foot. <laughs> I felt like a really privileged little prince. But what, so what did they discover? Um, or did you discover, I suppose? Well, I had all sorts of interesting experiences, but they, they had... Um, I'm not sure what the result, I think there was a lot of, I think it was difficult to compare all of these different researchers' own experiences with their own problems and solving them. It was a very ambitious study to try and, um, to try and accomplish that. Um, so there was, a, I think they got some good data about how acid moves through your body. It's called mm. the pharmacokinetics of, of a drug. You know, how, at what point is it metabolized, heart 50% and, and so, so forth. Um, quite basic questions about blood chemistry. Um, but then I think there was no clear um, finding about the problem-solving ability. There were lots of fascinating case studies. There were lots of wonderful stories that came out of it, but it was difficult to bring that all together in a quantified way mm -hmm. uh, and draw some general conclusion. Although I know they're still working on it, so they want to... Um, That's so vote. interesting. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Just going back to um, what I find is the sort of mental health side of things, right? Which uh, when we, you know, a lot of people talk about microdosing, things like that. You know, when it comes to something like um, uh, mushrooms or psychedelics or whatever it may be to to help with, as we said, depression and things like that before. What, what are the advantages and disadvantages of saying, right, use medication, antidepressants, whatever it is that is made by... Uh, corporations that understand it's more um, controlled where some, one would suggest that the psychedelic side is less controlled certainly the experience I mean one of the things about psychedelic um, compounds as medicines is that a large part of the their ability to help people seems to be in the experiences that they generate yeah. so these experiences are um, healing in themselves these experiences of an expanded you know, mind or your perceptions changing or uh, new ways of thoughts arising new ways of approaching all problems um etc and so um and these experiences are also unruly you know it's very difficult to and they can be unpredictable difficult scary uh beautiful blissful easy everything you know and so that's why um these compounds 
need to be handled with care and have in many parts of the world where they've been used traditionally and um, been surrounded by all sorts of um, cultural tradition and apparatus um, to help people remain in healthy relationship with them rather than veer into unhealthy relationships. I think it's like, it's like maintaining that respect for them rather than doing what we do in the West, which is kind of just abuse, abuse mm. things, right? Yeah. Um, have, you, have you ever tried ayahuasca? I have tried it when traveling in, in Brazil, yeah. Thoughts on ayahuasca and that, because, you know, there are a lot of people who ha have tried it now and ayahuasca is a cactus drink. Uh, no no okay we go here what, what is it it's a it's, um, it's produced from a um often produced from a vine and, yeah and also from uh, like another plant uh, which and they each do different things the the leaf or whatever the other component is you can get it from different types of plant um produces a compound called dmt which is a psychedelic related to psilocybin and related to lsd and then the vine produces an enzyme which stops your body from breaking down the psychedelic component and so together you take them and, and, and you have a psychedelic experience you have a psychedelic experience and and what a lot of people have um experienced this is that they get an over sensing uh, over sort of whelming sense of um uh sort of self-understanding of kind of like um you know real sort of realization of what they're doing right what they're doing wrong what is right what is wrong how they can change all those different things and a lot of people who have had again trauma and things like go and take take ayahuasca to try and improve their own existence and did you have that that oh like like i said earlier with the other psychedelics that i've experienced um then i definitely it helped me to learn about myself but it's it's becoming too self-aware a problem well, I think it depends on the person and the situation in their life that they're, they're in. Um, psychedelics don't help everyone. And, yeah. um, and some psychedelic experiences can be very helpful for someone in one context, but another psychedelic in a different context might not be so, so helpful. So, well, so did you watch the, was it the last shame? And I can't remember if they covered it in that, but there was a Canadian guy who was on antipsychotics and he kind of foolishly did ayahuasca whilst I think still taking them and he completely lost his mind and killed the shaman. Mm. So then the, the, the locals, obviously it's, you know, pretty bad thing to do. So they then killed him. So it's oh. pretty, mm. so I think it obviously doesn't apply to everyone. It doesn't work for everyone. I don't think. Yeah, I know. I, I understand that. But I, but I don't think, I think in, in life, that's probably the same. We look at something like alcohol, alcohol fits with some people, doesn't fit with mm. other people, mm. you know, and that's not a psychedelic, but that's also a drug. What, what are your views on, on other narcotics as such as alcohol or, cocaine or things like that what are your where's what's your position on that oh that's another really big question i know that's a huge question <laughs> um well on the whole my feeling is that um provided people take these substances in a way which is nourishing for them their lives and their relationships with others um then then go for it and if people start taking in a way which is uh, unhealthy for them or their relationships with others uh, or the rest of the living world then and perhaps it's time to stop but it's a fab answer. So, yeah. <laughs> so great, great way of, couldn't uh, yeah. have got a better answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I would have mumbled my way through something. <laughs> so with your experience of, you know, and, and your book, by the way, for anyone who um, hasn't got it, Entangled Life, um, how long did it take you to write it? And how long did it take you to research? And is it everything that you wanted to get into a book? Is it all in there? Well, a lot of it's there. Yeah. Um, it took about two years to write and a year in post-production like editing and wow three years three, three years to write but then and but a lot of it brought in um things that i had done before that period um which i was able to which work in some sense research for the book before i knew that i was going to write a book hmm. um so the book is a is uh, the accumulation of more time than that but the actual writing process was three 
Was it was it um, cathartic? Was it interesting or was it stressful? Oh, it was very very intense. I mean, I, I realized well to be emotionally available to a project. Yes, exactly. Um, one feels when it's going well, you feel great, and when it's going terribly, you feel terrible. Yeah. Um, and so it was a wild ride, but ultimately one in which I was totally absorbed. And I think things that in which one is totally totally absorbed are, are, are in general great. Um, to be absorbed, to be in a flow state, to be totally uh, consumed by um, a creative project. So I felt lucky to have been able to do it. But someone who reads it, what is it? What is your mission? What do you want someone to take away from it? Well, I mean, we might think of three um, broad hopes. Um, one might be to help alleviate our fungus blindness, to, to start to um, become aware of these organisms and when the roles they play in our lives and in the lives of uh, everyone else on the planet uh, and or in, in the history of life. And another might be to um, become more aware of the shimmering networks of interrelationship that we're bound up within. And um, fungi represent, um, the, they embody the basic principle of ecology, which is the relationships between organisms. They form physical connections between organisms. And so I think they can lead us into a more uh, interconnected state of mind, a more ecologically minded condition, which I think is really um, perhaps one of the things that we need um, as a culture um, today. Mm -hmm. And then the last one was maybe um, fungi are so weird and puzzling and trick us out of our preconceptions and can lead us into new ways of, uh, of thinking and understanding. And, and so I hope that these, the lives of these remarkable organisms might help to soften some of our tired categories and um, lead us into new ways of thinking. That's one, that's, I, I think it's, it's, that's great. No, it's true, I, I think, and I'm, I, I'm very much a, a victim to this, right? I think that, um, again, as a sort of human race, what we do, we spend most of our lives um, living a sort of incredibly selfish experience, right? We want to do yeah. things for ourselves, right? We want to um, make ourselves happy and make ourselves this and that and all these different things. And I definitely did that for many years. And actually what you realize, and I know I said this before, but um, as Socrates very much said, that actually when you help others, that's kind of the, the way to sort of true happiness in a sense. And actually we forget that. We think actually helping ourselves is the way to happiness. And but what you're trying to do is you're trying to encourage other people to sort of expand their minds and understand different things and actually encourage others to help, you know, help themselves in different ways by, by that. And it's a sort of incredible um, uh, sort of self-awareness to have, I suppose, that I don't think a lot of people have. Well, that's very sweet of you. That's how I. That's how I like to really big up our guests. But it's true, though. It's true, right? Your, 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 your desire is to get other people to understand the importance of something like fungi. Definitely, um, to invite them into some of the questions that fungi present. Um, a lot of the time, it's it's inviting rather than getting. You know, if there yeah. was, if there was, um, if there was one question that I could say to you right now, oh, I have the answer to that. What question would that be? If you could ask one question that you wanted the answer to, it could be anything, what would it be? Um, well, and I knew that you would know the answer. And you knew that I would know the answer. Well, however big or how small it would be. Mm, that's a really, that's a confusing one. I'm so bad at favorites. And this is a moment for a favorite, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay. Maybe you can give a couple, maybe you can give a couple. Many, many of the questions which I think are really important, I don't actually want answered. Certain, it was exactly really? Like what? what? Like what? Well, just questions about um, life, I suppose. Yeah, the nature of our minds, the nature of our feelings, and, and the mm. nature of our um, existence. I don't, yeah. Like big questions and, and, and things that help us. Um, the, the way that um, 
our, our minds interrelate with other people's minds, for example, our minds interrelate with what we think of as a physical world. I like these questions being questions um, because it keeps me it keeps me full of wonder and awe at the mystery of what is going on every day in my experience and the experience of those I love. Um, and if I, if I knew how that all worked, if I knew the answer, then I think that wonder and awe would, would go away a bit. And I think I would suffer as a result. My life would be a smaller and more miserable place. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah, but if you had to pick one oh, question. Gosh, I'm, to, I'm <laughs> desperately trying to. If you really had to pick one, um, well, or something that has puzzled well, you yeah, and something that we might actually really want to answer like for example how can we end up in a situation in um, this country for example where we have a, um, a collection of gifted kind competent sensitive intelligent humans um, running the government this is a question I do want answered. That, that would be lovely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a great. What's, well, what's the answer, Jay? Well, yeah, you you said you've it. got it. I know. Merlin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Honestly, it has been incredibly fascinating. Um, everything that I hoped it would be. Where can we get your book? Wherever you get your books, there's an audio book as well, which I read. But they, um, that's available wherever you get your audio books. But um, obviously, independent booksellers would be great to support if you can. And can we can we listen to any of your lectures? Can we go and listen to you or anything at all? You can find a lot on my website, which is MerlinShellsDrake.com. We'll leave all the links to it in the description below. Go and check it out, Merlin. Honestly, fascinating. So generous with your time. Thank you so much. I apologize if I said anything stupid. No, no. I think I said a few things, but it's okay. Merlin, uh, what we like to do at the end of our podcast is leave our listeners with something inspirational. It's for you, Merlin. <laughs> Put you on the spot, <laughs> you on the spot again. <laughs> You want like, a little pity statement? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something. You can take and sort of <laughs> we, turn over in their hands. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We can clip it up and use it forever. <laughs> what is it, Merlin? Something... Um, well, there's a, there's a quote from Hafiz, the, the, the 14th century Sufi mystic with which I start Entangled Life. And, and I, I like it um, and find it helpful and, and amusing. And, um, and he says, he asks, um, no, he said actually, uh, there are moments in moist love where even heaven is jealous of what we on earth can do. I love that. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Everybody, we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Well, there you go, Merlin Sheldrake on the podcast. How fascinating! I actually was. I was actually proud of you. Why? You held yourself there. I thought you were very good. I always hold myself. Mm, just like when a compliment comes, just take it. All right. Say it one more time. No. Say it one more time. You've, on. just, you've killed the mood now. No, I haven't. Just no, said we've just come out. We've just come out of uh, like some very stimulating and intellectual stuff, and, and I try to say a nice thing. Be the big. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Bigger man and say it one more time. I know that I'm bigger man. Say, be the bigger man. I'm a big man. Be the oh, bigger I am, man. I am big man. What a, what a terrible way to end you're, such a, you're, such, a, you're a such a beautiful place. and interesting podcast. Look what you've done. Oh, I tried weird. to give you a compliment. Oh, did you hear that? Buzz, buzz. What's that? Oh, it's Merlin messaging me. Saying what? You. You Alex. arrogant. <laughs> you. What was it? You no. arrogant. Oh, I, I think Alex, Alex is a dick. That's what he's just messaging. Oh, he, he, wouldn't say, he wouldn't say that. Well, he He'd say something way more majestic. Magical. <laughs> everyone hope you enjoyed the episode uh, thank you so much for tuning in once again please go and leave us a review subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and also follow us on instagram at private podcast we love you we're going to see you next wednesday for another bonus episode where i'm going to talk about male insecurities i'm up for this can't wait for it it's going to be great sign me up all right love you guys we're going to see we're going to see you next week <laughs> bye-bye <laughs>